Hey guys, we're back with our third endorsement interview. This time we have David Chan running for PUD Commissioner in District 1, Commissioner 2. Mr. Chan, um, thanks again for going through our endorsement process. Um, in the questionnaire, one of the questions was, what qualifies you for this position? Can you just do like a brief introduction of who you are and what qualifies you for the Snohomish County PUD Commission? Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm Dave Chen. I was born and raised in Hong Kong. My family immigrated here in 1972. So I've been, um, our family, I went to University of Oregon. I hope you don't take that against me <laughs> in this husky land. And then I, my family lived in the Bay Area. So I have my um, Master of Business Administration in Accounting and Finance in Bay Area. I fell in love with my wife. My wife lived here. And so I, so I moved up here in 1980. And I have People describe to me, I'm an entrepreneur trapped in a CPA body because I, I love business. I enjoy the, the challenge. So I have a restaurant, and then I work for the two accounting firm. It's uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers and Ernst & Young. And then I work for Cruise Line, and then I started a whale-watching company in about 20 years ago. It's called Mosquito Fleet. And then I got into the public service and I was kind of weird because I I was hearing Al Gore because I think Al Gore was much better qualified than than the Bush Jr. And we were at that time we still there's no mail in I volunteers so I get to know a lot of Democrats. And then um, also protesting the Iraq war, I thought that's unfair war. So I get to know a lot of Democrats and active in the Democrat Party and that's how I get started. And then there's a opening a commission, fire commissioner, someone said that they needed someone financial, he turned them around. So I joined that finance. So same thing in here at PUD, uh, because I did a lot of saving money for Fire District 1. They want me to do the same thing. That's what I did for Fire District 1, trying to turn the, the PUD around, because the biggest, there's a $60 million waste in there, and they also have a discrimination lawsuit. They filed, one of the main thing is a, uh, a gay person, that they were discriminating one, they don't want the PUD to look gay. So even though he's an HR director, but he didn't want him to interview people. And that's got me angry. It's this 2018. It doesn't matter what, what group you are, you should not be discriminated. So that's how I kind of jump into this race in here. So as a follow-up question to that, in your responses to the endorsement questionnaire, you indicate that there are scandals within Snohomish uh, County PUD Utilities yeah. District. Um, and you indicated just in your previous response that there was some sort of issue with uh, a gay employee. And um, is is that the extent of the scandals that you're talking no, about? No, there's, there's many other candle, scandal. Another one is a no big contract. No bid, that means they just awarded to someone. In the legal term, fight is when it goes so sourcing. That means you, you're trying to say, oh, they are the only company can produce this product, there was no competitive bid in there. That is a lot of time is being abused by the government. So when I'm Fire District 1, now Regional Fire Authority, I was champion for for no resourcing. I said, it's really, and terrorists really, you, you have to really have a tough time to, to, prove, to prove to me that that company can, in the whole world, that company only produce product. And that is another loophole. There's a lot of people abuse. What do you think about liquid nitrile gas being utilized by the PUD? Like fracking? 
do you support fracking? No, I, I, I absolutely do not support fracking. Actually, I know my opponents talk a lot about environment and all that. PUD already done a very good job already. It's 97% carbon free. Okay. So right now, we basically, we, we're really lucky. We're in the hydro, Northwest of big hydro advantages in there. So we, we are 80%, we have contract, 80% with Bonneville Power. Okay, and that that contract is 2028. That's when you have an opportunity to negotiate, but you, not really because that you power in there. So you really cannot change much because of contract. If you violate the contract, you want to walk away the contract, you pay dearly. That's why people. Uh, that's why contract. That's what contract for, right? They don't want you to walk away. And then the 11 percent is coming from the nuclear, uh, Northwest Nuclear. That contract would not expire until 2043. But not just contract, because PUD actually is a kind of consortium, the part owner of the plan. So even PUD say, well, I'm not going to use uh, the nuclear power. You still have to pay for it. That means that will trigger a, a rate hike because you need to get energy somewhere. Right now, by law, the renewable energy people are pretty smart. They said that, I'm going, to, I'm going to invest in all the infrastructure, solar and wind. But whatever I, get, I generate, you have to buy it. So it means that is a great business model for them. But I can understand, too, because they invest a lot of money. They make sure that we don't pick and choose. So right now, we get 8% is from renewable energy. That's, that's all they can produce at this time. Now, I think eventually, what I believe, technology come in, and they, they were able to, since they're making money, they said, okay, I'm going to get more infrastructure and so that I can get more. I want to 100% renewable energy, but you have to be progressively slowly doing that. You cannot suddenly, a sudden change of energy supply, then you then you destabilize the rate, and you financially, you will be really hurting. And who do you know who's going to pay the bill? Ratepayer, not pay else. You heard of Enron, right? <laughs> the problem with Enron is that Enron manipulate the supply and demand. I mean, in general, I understand the supply and demand, right? You short the supply, boom, the price go up. That's what happened to the company. So we cannot, I understand. I I kind of told you, I, I do the whale watching. I mean, it's nothing sad for me to to see the the whale kind of generation, uh, the population gone down. Actually, I completely 100% support what Governor Inslee's, uh, the, the uh, recommendation of the committee basically cut over, we're overfishing. And the toxic into the water is really bad. Victoria did not treat the sewage and then all the washers, all the stuff going, going all the ones that would wash up the stream to the, to the ocean. There's a study basically, yeah, we can increasing the salmon, but the salmon's so weak, when they go down to the water, they, they're not gonna survive. So that is a huge problem, huge problem in there. So we got to be really careful. You need to balance out. You cannot using emotion to solve the problem. You really need using logic and experience to resolve the problem. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on Initiative 1631? Okay, 1631 is actually, I don't know you guys know that. Before that bill, there's another bill, carbon tax bill. A lot of Democrats did not support it. I know Steve Hopp did not support it. I know he got into trouble for that. But a lot of time, 
You cannot just say because it's a good idea, but the but the bill is not well written. What I'm afraid is that you get some bill like that, you go into law, people are not happy, you don't have a second chance. They say, okay, I don't want to deal with this anymore. The same issue as the transit free, T free. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. We, we that failed. People were angry. People were angry with the sound transit by they wasting the money doing all this stuff. You only have a trust from the public at one time. You got to do it right. You cannot just do it. Okay, here's 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 the issues I have in 1631. While not well written, not well written is number one. You cannot just say Washington State penalized the people who polluting, right? What happened to the guy in Idaho? He can wait next door, right? So then the guy will they will they will have advantages. Now they don't have the tax. They don't have all this stuff, right? This has to be global, has to minimum, has to be all United States. Even better, should be global. How can we not, the people in China, other third world countries, they can, they can do whatever they want. But it's, you understand that pollution is not local, okay? The wind can blow everywhere. I don't know if you remember a while ago when, the, when they have a big burning in, the, in China, the whole wind going that we with problem here, so it has to be a a much more uh, global approach, not just state approach, but also to we exempt the biggest polluter. That is that's a, some kind of sweet deal they want to make it happen. I that really not a good idea. And then the uh, they don't have a really good definitions of how the money is being used. They kind of vague, and then they say some of money go to transportation. I, I'm all for public transportation, but how you do it, I, I, don't, I hate to say that government, a lot of times you have to well-define, not a lie. You have people just use it whatever they want. And then the um, appointment, the people on, on, on the council, they're appointed. When they're appointed, they're not accountable to the taxpayer. I want somebody to be elected to be on the council. And then we don't like the guy doing, we can get him out. So I'm waiting for the much better bill. To, to come and to approve, to, to support it. Okay. With the federal government pulling out of the Paris climate deal, do you think that there would be supporting something like this bill on a national scale though? Like why not start in the state and then move it across the country, kind of like the net neutrality law, how it went from Washington to California? Why don't we just start here and start moving out? You know, I'm hoping 2020 we'll have a new president a Democratic president, we go to rejoin. We we have to stick with the the Paris deal. There's no way we can we we, we, we can survive as a country. I will push real hard for the twenty twenty uh, to 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 work get a get a Democratic president to get in there. Yeah, you can say you can do that, but I don't think you can move on move on that quickly going to the nationwide. Massachusetts has the health care, right? Romney had their own, really, kind of like single-payer bill. Did it go anywhere out of that state? No. It was only Massachusetts. It's a very difficult to start one state to go to. It's, it's take much longer than 2020. I swear, I, that's I can guarantee you. Yeah. So what is your perspective on like residential solar projects or incentives for installing either efficient 
services or like lighting or heating or renewable energy? What, what's your what's your perspective on the the current incentive system? And do you think that it needs to be better, worse? What do you think there? Actually, I don't see that's a that's a situation. I'm an accountant. I'm an auditor. I always truly study the issue before I even open my mouth. Mm. Right now, I ask the CEO, what's the biggest challenge that we have facing? Right now, we call it flat rate. That means actually we're doing conservation so good. We have excess of power right now. Mm-hmm. So right now, we're not. So I think a couple of things I want to do. Of excess power, we should electrify the, uh, the, the city. We should buy electric bus, electric car, sensitize that so we can use up the power, okay? Because we, we don't use it, because if we do not have enough revenue from the generated power, we have to increase people's rate because you need to supply the income and expenses, right? Mm-hmm. There's no business model that say, well, please buy less. Mm-hmm. It, in Jefferson, right? Uh, Macy, they want you to buy more. Mm-hmm. They never tell buy you less, buy less. But I like that because in the sense that you are really, give us a little break now so we can catch up on it. So we don't have to, but eventually long term, we need to get more renewable energy. I have to defending them too. PUD has done a very good job on, I only heard about Tidal, using Tidal Wave to generate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, all right. And also the thermal, right? So the problem is not lack of idea, the lack of oversight, because they spent $20 million without milestone. Mm. The commissioner did not hold them accountable. In accounting and finance, as my job, I never started a project without milestone. They should have $2 million. They should have said, oh, doesn't work. Cut it off. Not wait until you're $20 million and say, oops, it didn't work. So what I'm trying to emphasize is that the commissioner's job, first of all, is really four things in there. Number one, give a vision. My vision is renewable energy. Policy, you have a set of good policy to make sure that vision is supply, is, is able to achieve that vision, right? And number three, is budget. You really need to have a good, because that is the string of the commissioner. They, they are the one who are directing what money to go to what resources, and also hold them the, hold them the the administration accountable. If they're over budget, you're done. General manager, general manager, you're fired. All right? And also oversight. That is the key thing of, of the commissioner. You, you don't talk about environment every day. This is the basic mundane work you do every meeting. You go with the numbers and everything else. And so that what I've been doing for the fire district one. I hate to say it, but my other candidate do not have the experience. A lot of people completely kind of overlooking that the, the basic the duty. It took me a lot of years to learn all of that, to be oversight, to be a board director. Uh, that, uh, to, me, to me, that is more critical. Why, why the waste was done is the failure of the, of the commissioner because the, some of the commissioner, the current commissioner that, uh, or previous commissioner, they do not hold the management accountable. They let them go away, okay? So that, they, they are brief, and the management very friendly. They over budget, okay, put more money. Over budget, put more money. That's what the problem is. I, when I was with Fidesz School, that's what I did. We, there's a tax recession. We have three million dollar gap. I slashed 40% of the administration cost. 
I eliminated nine positions, but I did not eliminate any fire serv- uh, firemen or firemen or paramedic because they're the one direct service to the people. Is what I call administration line. Uh, I re- early retire people, make it streamlined, efficient. So we come out from FD1, not only that we did not spend the reserve fund, we have $14 million reserve fund, we have zero debt. So it's not really popular when I was <laughs> cutting the budget. It's not popular, but something you just have to do it. You feel what is right. You you don't. I I can be a Santa Claus, and I will be welcomed by by everybody. But it's not for you. But not the the taxpayer is suffering. So that is. That, I'm sorry if I get really emotional about it, because every day, every morning you get up, you got to think about what I, what am I doing here to benefit my taxpayer, and I think all the employee in PUD should get up in the morning. How can I serve my my, how can we serve the PUD better? Today, we're, we're going to the celebration. I have to say, my chief is really good, Chief Stagman. He basically, we, we're in line now, the commission, the thing. We said that every day we get up in the morning, we got to think about taxpayer. If you're using that kind of uh, thinking, everything will be do good because everybody have the same goal. Uh, you don't think about how can I expand my department Bigger, right? How do I hire more people? So I have more supervisor, I have more employee territorial. I've seen that in corporation many, many times. People build their own empire, right? You're marketing, I want my empire. Uh, that is dangerous to a lot of companies. I have to tell you, I one of my slogans in my business is that I make all the mistakes so my client don't have. I don't know you. My my job is a turnaround. I'm a turnaround specialist. I go into company and analyzing what's going on, and hopefully get them more efficient and give them more profit. I know Democrat a lot of time thinking business is a dirty word. You probably heard that. <laughs> we like it or not, any organization need finances. Political party, you need finances to you operate. Church need finance. Actually. When you whatever you call business cash, whatever it is, is how you able to manage the resources the best you can. That's that's simple. It's really that's how you do business. Great. Is there anything that you want to tell the voters or anybody listening um, in closure about your candidacy and um, and you moving forward as a candidate? I know. Okay, I have to first apologize. There's an incident, open mic, and it was a stupid mistake, and uh, it is terrible, but I just asked for a second chance. I hope that you don't define me. I'm 60 years old now, you can believe it. I don't want my 60-year life to be defined that one the f- couple minutes, that is my life, okay? So I have, ever since then, I have done a lot of uh, uh, work trying to redeem myself. So I, I met the obligations of the board I went to diversity class, and also um, right now I'm hiring a, a diversity. I'm the chair now of a diversity committee of the regional fire authority. So, uh, so we're it, actually it's kind of interesting how you is kind of saying what's equity versus equal, and we're really trying to push that. Um, and also, I'm also in Democrat 21. I'm I'm the committee member in there. I I think it's really critical for us inclusion for everybody. What 
I always good example. Can you imagine football, baseball? It's not that long ago. It's all white. Can you imagine how boring it is? <laughs> all basketball, only white people doing it, right? My 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 key thing is that I don't. I know a lot of time people threaten with diversity, but actually, to me, is you make a bigger pool. Bigger, bigger pool, candidate pool. So it's good for companies. So you have much better talent to choose from. And so that's the thinking. Now, it is very difficult because I myself, I can understand that. If I have my son, if my job is good, I want to bring my son in, right? My nephew and all this stuff. But eventually, if you do that, you're not, you're an inclusion. You, mm. you are really kind of building our own thing. So I hope everyone can understand that inclusion more talent, benefit for everyone, and not, is not, I, a lot of time people thinking, well, it's so many jobs. No, you expand it, you can create more, more wealth, then you can create more ec economy. So, and I hope, young Democrat, really, okay, all my life, a lot of time I think of things, should I go with the, go with what the wind blow? Or should I, if I feel something strongly that is dead, you have to over, you have to say, this, this is what I think, that's the right thing to do. I, I tell you, when there was a recession, I have a real tendency to say, well, I better make any waves. I don't want to cut anybody. I don't want to do that. But then you say, well, in the long term, it's good for it. Then you have to sit up and do it. Mm -hmm. And make whatever, whenever the chip falls. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about David, you can go to votefortchan.org. Please let us know if you like the new content, and remember to vote by November 6th.